0: Welcome back into another episode of the fourth down football show myself, Matt and Kyle, and we're going to be rocking a little college football, a little NFL talk today. Um, Kyle, how are we doing?
1: Not too bad, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Um, I I will admit we're going to be transparent with you right now. We're trying, this is a tough time. We're dual sports right now. Baseball and football, uh, Our first loves are kind of both baseball. So we're kind of leaning into the baseball side right now. Didn't get a lot of time to watch college football on Saturday. Got a chance to catch some of the Red River uh, rivalry. So that was good. I I did enjoy that. And then NFL, I think we were both pretty well tuned in yesterday. Flipping, uh, probably flipping channels pretty much. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do our best cover some of the college football games, some of the bigger ones, bigger action, Uh, pretty big stuff. We're not going to be breaking down any games, anything like that. Keep it pretty light and yeah, move on through the NFL, some interesting games to say the least yesterday and yeah, looking forward to it. So we're going to jump right in on the college football side in the Red River rivalry that I talked about referenced earlier. I got a chance to watch a lot of this game 70% maybe um and Oklahoma upsets Texas and granted this is a rivalry great rivalry game but Texas come on now we were just about to say that you're back and you're legit you beat Alabama you know you're stacking up these wins you're going to win the Big 12 you're going to make the college football playoff and then in your biggest rivalry game of the year you go out and lose to a team that you beat I think it was 42 to nothing last season. Um, this is why, this is why we can't have nice things, Texas. This is why we can't say you're back is because you do things like this. Uh Granted, it's not a blowout. It was 34 to 30. It was a close game. Took a nice game winning drive by Dylan Gabriel at the end there with a nice, nice little touchdown pass. Um He's building a solid Heisman case. Now, see you're the, the quarterbacks. So I don't know if he's going to find any luck in that, but um He's building a solid little case here. Like I said, keeping a big picture here. Do you think this really knocks Texas out of the college football playoff race? Mm, I mean, it's it's
1: tough because I I feel like I kind of bought in Texas. You know, I I, I really did, especially after that Alabama win, man. Um, I don't want to pull the trigger on that yet, but we'll see because it's coming very close, um, and this game sure doesn't help.
0: Yeah, a Big 12 championship would be key, and likely this is just going to be a Big 12 championship would be a rematch of the game we just saw on Saturday between Oklahoma and Texas. Just they're the only two powerhouses for the most part. Um, Oklahoma could also be building a case for the college football playoff now. Uh, They jumped pretty high up into the rankings, and they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. Kansas being their toughest opponent. I think the couple BYU West Virginia type games where they're not a pushover, but they're definitely not, you know, a great team. So it'll be interesting to see. But Texas, you really kind of let us down. Quinn Ewers didn't have the best game. Uh, He had quite a couple turnovers. Other than that, he played pretty clean. But if you're going to be top tier quarterback, you can't be making those turnovers in the clutch moments. But we'll see. Like I said, keeping it light here. We're going to keep it moving moving pretty quick. You're Notre Dame fighting Irish. Um, They they laid an egg. They lost to Louisville. And Louisville probably a little underrated coming into the matchup. And Notre Dame, they haven't been playing their best football lately, that's for sure. Um, Kind of ever since that loss to Ohio State, it sort of derailed them, especially offensively. Uh, Hartman didn't have his best game yesterday or Saturday for sure. And 33, 20 final score. And I think this possibly could be the final nail in the coffin for Notre Dame's college football playoff case.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, (laughs) this team really convinced me at the beginning of the year. They really did. I thought Sam Hartman would come in and really take over this offense. And he did, but guess what? It was against opponents that weren't at the highest standard, you know, and I think you hit it right on the head there with Ohio state that loss to Ohio state really put a damper in this team's plans. And it's showing, Um, like you said, the loss to Louisville. I mean, that's a, that's a game you got to win, especially coming into next week. You got to face USC, you know, I mean, USC is no pushover and it's, It's tough man because Sam Hartman could have very easily taken over this game as well as the Ohio State game and just took it and ran with it. Um but that's not what happened. You know, I mean it's it's tough man, you know. I I'm with you on the playoff uh spectrum of things. I I I really don't understand this team sometimes and mm-hmm. you know yet again another year of this. So, you know, like I said, I mean Hartman really Hartman gave me some uh, belief there at the beginning of the year, but I don't know if I'm still on that train.
0: Yeah, it's disappointing. That sort of seems to be the case for Notre Dame every year, almost. Uh, (laughs) But this year, especially, bringing in a top-tier transfer quarterback, something they haven't had an elite quarterback for a while. I mean, say what you want about Ian Book, but he's a backup. (laughs) He's a third stringer in the NFL, mostly. So. He was not he was not the guy. Um, So this was supposed to be Sam Hartman was supposed to be the difference maker and he kind of has not been so it's not it's not great. And we've said it before on this podcast since they are not in a conference. It's going to be tough to make a case for them when they've lost to these teams. Ohio State is one thing if Ohio State makes it in there's a chance Notre Dame can if they go undefeated and really impress everybody through those games but you have it now you lost to Louisville who there's no shot. They make the college football playoff. So you have no case anymore. You don't have a conference to win. You basically play. Nobody's outside of, well, okay. That's maybe that's not true this year. You have a couple, you have a couple good games this year, I should say. So I don't think there's a case to be made for Notre Dame anymore this year, which no offense to Notre Dame, but it kind of seems to be, they get hyped up every year. They're, And they don't actually have a chance. Um, But Penn State does that a lot, too. So I'm guilty of that as well. But uh, moving right along here. Speaking of the college football playoff, Georgia, the two time reigning champs. Lots of questions for them this season. They sort of seem to be sleepwalking for the uh, through the first five weeks, six weeks here. And they kind of put all those doubts to rest. And came out with a commanding 51 to 13 win over Kentucky, uh, finally getting into some actual sec play there. And they looked dominant. It was like, it was the Georgia that we expected. That's just the way to put it. I mean, a dominating win on all sides of the football, basically. And they showed us why we should not be doubting them and why they should be, Number one week in and week out until they lose, um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't even know what kind of opinion question to ask here because they just look great.
1: Yeah, I mean that's been the story the last few seasons. You know, I mean they kind of they've kind of taken the reign over from Alabama. You know, I mean they've they've looked very very good and they built themselves a damn good program down there. Um, I mean it's it's cool to see. You know, I mean year in and year out we were always Alabama. That's pretty much all it's ever been. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, Georgia building their program up, making it look good. That's exactly what they're doing. They're executing on the field. That's all you can ask for
0: out of them. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, they showed us why they should be number one. Bulldogs back on top and yeah, time to stop doubting them until they actually lose, which with their cupcake schedule, they probably won't. Um, And we'll see them right back in the college football playoff, whether they win again this year or not. We'll see. Uh, one more thing I wanted to add in here. You probably had to have seen this, even if you didn't watch any college football this weekend. Uh, Miami's embarrassing blunder at the end of the game. They had like 39 seconds left in the game. Play clock, a full play clock. They could have taken a knee to win the game, and they decide to snap the ball, hand it off to the running back. He fumbles. Georgia Tech picks up the fumble. And then they're able to go on a touchdown drive to win the game. Just embarrassing for Miami.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, you pretty, you got it there. <laughs> I I figured that might come up here. Uh, I was expecting it. You know, um, I, I don't know what to say to it, man. I mean, it was, it's exactly what it was. It was a blunder. And <laughs> dude, I laughed when I saw the highlight. Cause it's like, it's like, there's it's speechless is really what it is. You know, I mean, I I really don't know what else to, to say about it. I mean, I enjoyed it because I thought it
0: was hilarious.
1: You know, at least it wasn't Notre Dame. That's all I had to say.
0: <laughs> it is funny. And one more thing you Miami brought in Mario Cristobal uh, highly. He was very desired coach in college football coming out of Oregon. And this is the kind of blunders that your team makes. Miami trying to be back, trying to be the, you trying to be the old hurricanes, you know, the vaunted college football powerhouse. And these are the mistakes you make. Can't be happening. That's all I'm going to say. Can't be happening. The quarterback is partially on him too. I mean, you're the one snapping it. You're the one handing it off. I mean, you got to have a little situational awareness. I think they're just definitely embarrassing for a team that, well, we can forget about their season now. I mean, they don't have any chance to win, win their conference anymore. I don't think, and I don't know. Just, just embarrassing, really, for college football, a good program like that to make a blunder, um, so embarrassing. But hopping on over to the NFL side now, we got to take in a lot of football yesterday. One of the biggest margins of victory, probably the biggest. The Saints smoked smoked the Patriots, 34 to nothing. And let me tell you, Bill Belichick, I'm not sure you still have your fastball anymore. Uh, Offense, I understand it was never really your thing. You always kind of handed that over to Josh McDaniels and Bill O'Brien and Tom Brady. And frankly, rightfully so. The GOAT could handle it. But Mac Jones is not the GOAT. Mac Jones is not a very good NFL quarterback from the looks of it so far. Uh, what are your takeaways from this beatdown by the saints?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, we've seen the Patriots on top for too long, man. And <laughs> listen, I give all respect to bill Belichick because he damn well deserves it. Everybody knows that, but I mean, you hit it, man. I mean, it's, it's, it just doesn't look like the bill Belichick that we know. And I mean, even without Brady, dude, he was able to tread the water a little bit here and kind of keep his team into in the contention. But this year, man, what has gotten into the Patriots? It's it's crazy to watch. I mean, it's it's totally different. I mean, thirty four nothing to a Saints team that's. I I really don't want to take anything away from the Saints, but I I was never high on them. I mean, I'm not saying this ain't a playoff team. I think they have a chance to.
0: Maybe because the NFC South is so bad, but
1: that's what I'm saying, you know, but I really don't want to take anything away from them. But if you're going to lose 34 to nothing to a New Orleans team like this, that's saying a lot. And, uh, I think you hit it there too. Mac Jones is a problem and it's not a good one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it was, it was a nasty display for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, they just seem to, they can't figure out the offense between quarterback Since Tom Brady's left, it's been Mac Jones, it's been Cam Newton, it's been there was times where it was Bailey Zappi. It just that none of those guys are permanent answers. You're gonna need to go out and draft a guy, and even then, I'm sort of afraid that Bill Belichick is not gonna be able to figure it out. You know, he's gonna mess it up with one of these star quarterbacks. You know, with a Caleb Williams, I don't think they get that high in the in the draft, but you know, with a Michael Penix, with a Bo Nix, one of these good quarterbacks coming out of the draft this year. I'm not sure Bill Belichick is going to handle it right. He's never been great with Mac Jones so far. Like, he has not, he hasn't embraced him. He hasn't made it easier for him. And drafting weapons is not something they do in New England. They don't do that well. I mean, you take out, like, the Gronk pick, other than that, there's a lot of whiffs on offense, a lot of busts. I mean, Jacoby Myers comes to mind from New England just a couple years back, and now he's doing at least all right for the Raiders, I think. So it's just they need to figure something out on offense or could be time for Bill Belichick to leave soon. So I don't know what that would look like, uh mutual agreement or he retires. I don't know. But either way, uh not a great start to the season for the Patriots. So that's for sure.
1: Nope. Not at all.
0: Yeah. So I just dropped my phone here. Give me a second. I'm going to pick that up. Um. Anyway. Did you get a chance to watch the Steelers game yesterday? I watched
1: bits and pieces.
0: It was the most AFC North <laughs> game ever. I mean, defense. Bad offense, turnovers, lots of sacks, strip sacks, all kinds of defense, basically enough offense to win the game for the Steelers. Um, but the Ravens sort of choked it up there, and they had a chance to score late in the game. And Lamar threw an interception to rookie, my guy, Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State um, there. It was in the end zone. He was targeting Odell. Um Okay, shout out JT Romuto to run home run for the Phillies. Um, but sorry, that's baseball. Uh, anyway, Lamar Jackson threw that interception and really ruined the chance for the Ravens to win the game there. I mean, and then later in the game, Alex Highsmith had a strip sack. TJ Watt picked it up, basically tried to stiff arm Lamar Jackson out of the way. That was a hilarious clip. He didn't get very far, but it was funny. Um, so yeah, Steelers, the AFC North nobody's really pulling away in that division at all.
1: No, not at all. And I, I think this was, I mean, me personally, I thought the Ravens were really going to take over this division. Yeah. And too. now it's, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I i was really high on the Ravens Um, in the off season. I wanted the Ravens to go and get Lamar Jackson, some damn weapons because that's what this offense needed. They did that. <laughs> it, it was nice to see that for once. But a game like yesterday can't happen, especially in this division. You're trying to pull away, and you're trying to make a name for yourself. I mean, this Ravens team has so much potential. They really, really do. But a game like yesterday, there's no excuse for you to lose at all. I mean, this Definitely. Steelers team, I don't think is that great. Um, props to their defense. I think their defense is is pretty good, pretty set. Definitely. But- but that offense, man, I, I I can't get behind it. And this was a game that the Ravens needed to win, and they did not. So that's it, it. It's a really tough look from this Ravens team. But we'll see.
0: In a tightly contested division, now the Steelers technically are winning the division because they have the head-to-head tiebreaker against the Browns and against the Ravens. So yep. that's crucial when you only play obviously the two division games every year. You have to take advantage of them. So, I mean, we didn't even mention the Bengals. They're finally maybe looking a little bit more on track. They beat the Cardinals yesterday. But this division, I I thought it was the Ravens to lose. You know, mm-hmm. just they finally looked like they were taking it seriously, getting Lamar weapons. And they, like you said, they go out and lose the game that they shouldn't, that they can't against these Steelers and... Now it looks like you're going to have to be playing catch up as much as that as much as that sucks, but it's, it's the truth. So, I mean, Uh, and and real quick, like after
1: week three, I thought this was 100% the Ravens. I mean, the Bengals were struggling there for a long while. You have to take advantage of that when you have such a high power team in the Bengals. I mean, they've proven that they can, you know, play at a very high level over these last few seasons. So if they're doing bad, these other teams got to pick it up. And that's where I thought the Ravens would come in and swoop up to take this division.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, One more game here. And this will, this will make us both happy Sunday <laughs> night football. Ooh. How about them Cowboys? Oh, they got rolled by the 49ers last night. And as much as I would love to dump on the Cowboys for this game, I think I honestly think this is more that the 49ers are just on another level.
1: 100. They're just
0: so much better than anybody else. I think head to head right now. Next, if they they played next Sunday or even this Thursday, they'd beat my Eagles by probably 10 points or more. And I, I did a takeaways video from the game last night, and I mentioned that there's levels to this. And we were comparing the 49ers and the Eagles and the Cowboys in the NFC, you know, on the same level. And they clearly aren't. Yeah. The 49ers just blew out the Cowboys, who through the first through the first three weeks, you know, before or whenever, before they lost to the Cardinals, it was like, is this actually huh, is this actually their year? Um now neither of us are saying that, but you know, there was enough people. But they were seriously Super Bowl contenders. They looked great. And 49ers just totally steamrolled them. And I mean, it was Christian McCaffrey show last week and the last couple of weeks, George Kittle goes off for three touchdowns. They have so many options, and the defense is insane, too. Uh you get a chance to catch any of the Sunday Night Football last night?
1: Yeah, so I, I watched this game, um, and I watched it pretty religiously, honestly, because I've been dying for some damn good football in my life because <laughs> my Giants are an absolute shit show right now. So I wanted to tune into this game and see what a real football team looked like, you know. So I watched this game. These Niners, man, dude, it is their year to to lose, I'm going to say. This team, there's no holes whatsoever. I mean, this defense led by Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, dude, come on. I mean, (laughs) Fred Warner with that strip there last night. After the 49ers offense, kind of was a little shaky there. Got the ball right back for him and got him right back into it. And then this offense, dude, like you said, there's so many weapons. You can go anywhere. Brock Purdy can either run it, he can throw it to any of these damn wide receivers. That would be wide receiver ones on any other team. And then you that's got right. George. People forget about George Kittle.
0: He's that's a, what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> he's he's like a top two uh, tight end in the league, dude. Yeah. It's, that's what I'm saying, man. I mean... I will say though, this 49ers team, they will be fine as long as nobody goes down. They cannot break up this chemistry. And if somebody goes down with an injury, we never know what's going to happen. And that's what's going to worry me if that does happen. And I, I hope and pray to God that it doesn't. Because I I love watching this Niners team, dude. I it it excites me. I love it. But uh yeah, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about Dallas. They play terribly, which I love, but <laughs> you did you did run into this 49ers team, which I didn't expect you to lose by this much, but I I definitely expected them to lose. So, uh, like I said, uh, we'll see where Dallas goes from here. Um, but that that loss to Arizona is looking a little bit looking a little shitty right now. I'll say that yeah. it's yeah. not look good. So,
0: no, I'm one final thing. Brock Purdy deserves some respect. He is Working his way, I think he's got to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, it's time yeah. to take off the label of, oh, he was, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. And, oh, he's in, he's just in the 49ers system. He's just a product of the system. Mm-hmm. Stop disrespecting him with that now. And I was totally guilty of that to start the season. But right now, he's making these clutch throws. He had an awesome touchdown pass that to George could. I featured it last night. He was rolling out of the pocket on the run. Perfect throw. Perfect. It was a dime to George Kittle in the end zone. And there are quarterbacks who don't make that throw who are starters in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very easy to sail that pass, you know, to be off a little bit, make the receiver work a little harder. But it was a perfect throw to George Kittle. And sure, he does the easy stuff. But like, one, that's all he needs to do. And two, when he does have to make tougher throws, he is able to. He's proved that so far. So I think it's time that we give Brock Purdy the, the the respect that he deserves. He hasn't lost a regular season game that he started and finished, or even just a regular season game, period, actually. Because so, that that was a playoff game he lost to the Eagles. So he has not lost a regular season game yet, and it's the perfect match. Kyle Shanahan's offense, Brock Purdy, a great, great, like an elite-level game manager, I would say. And mm-hmm. he's, he has the ability to make the throws. And that's all the 49ers need him to do. Exactly. Exactly. So unless you got anything else, you want to give a little Giants rant, unless mm-hmm. you, you don't want to. No.
1: Uh, I mean, at this point of the season, there's really no need. Um, <laughs> Caleb Williams, welcome. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go that far quite yet, but uh, I'm starting to trend that way. So.
0: It's tough times. I can agree with that. Um My Eagles, they looked all right against the Rams. Uh we were clearly the better team in that that game, but uh a little bit of a shaky first half, so don't love that. But feeling pretty good other than, other than that. So um yeah, looking forward to another week of football coming up here. And I mean, we're already in like week six. I mean end of week five tonight, but week six here, so Enjoy football while you're still here and yeah we will catch you next week see ya